Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, ArmorAll, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on ArmorAll products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. I'm about to speak with uh, Chris Barber, so-called organizer of the Freedom Convoy and his lawyer, Eva Chipiak. But I want you to know this. We are not going to be speaking at all with Mr. Barber or his lawyer about the ongoing criminal mischief trial during this interview and because it is before the courts. I will say this, though I've been told this is the longest-lasting mischief trial in the history of Canada. So um, Chris Barber is suing the federal government and has entered a statement of claims for Ottawa using the Emergencies Act to freeze his bank accounts and credit and debit cards, as well as making the lives of the Barber family and operating their Saskatchewan trucking business exceedingly difficult. The lawsuit follows the federal court, of course, ruling the Trudeau government violated the Charter of Rights of all Canadians, or the Charter Rights of all Canadians, by invoking the Emergencies Act. According to Mr. Barber's lawyers, by freezing the bank accounts, credit cards, and debit cards, the federal government violated Section 24 of the Charter of Rights and Freedoms. Chris Barber and Eva Chipiak, his lawyer, join us. Mr. Barber, thank you for taking the time. How are you? I'm very well. How are you, Grant? Thanks for having me on, Roy. Yeah, it's good to talk to you. I'm glad to have you on. Ms. Chipiak, good to speak with you. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Thanks for having us. Yeah, no, it's it's important, and this is a story that, uh, that uh, uh, made headline news yesterday, and I want to pursue it with you. So, uh, Ms. Uh, Mr. Barber, the uh, the suit against the federal government is based on Section 24 of the Charter of Rights and Freedoms, and allows an individual to sue the government if charter rights have been breached. But that's 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 the lawyer position, the lawyer's argument. What was it like for you to have your bank and credit cards frozen? What was that? What was that like? It's pretty scary, to be honest with you. Um... You fear actually using your debit card to this day, whether whether you do something that the government doesn't approve of, that they can actually shut your bank accounts off when they disapprove of your actions, I guess. And and what, what impact did it, I mean, let me ask you this, what, what was the first time, when did you first become aware that the government had taken this step? Because they didn't, they didn't inform you beforehand, did they? Uh, I believe it was the... It was. It would have been right through the middle of the protest when uh, I had no access to funds. Bank accounts were frozen. Uh, of course, they went an extra step farther. They froze my joint bank accounts with my wife, my spouse, Rael. They froze my corporate business accounts. I lost uh, payments returns on fuel accounts. So if, if anyone in the trucking industry knows that we're in a trucking company, uh, the minute you have a return on a fuel a card lock card within the trucking industry, you make your employees extremely very, very nervous. And it, it creates to a lot of doubt, um, as well as this financial impact going forward from that. I've been denied credit with banks. I've been running my business basically off of a, of a line of credit and cash situations for the last couple of years because of these, uh, just because of the fear that, that has now been put into people dealing with me, I guess, in, in the business. 
So, so people you've dealt with for a, a long period of time, because your accounts were frozen by the government, they're now demanding payment from you uh, through a line of credit. I've not, I've not been issued that the, the, the line of credit has been closed. Any future banking, any future funding needs that I need for my corporation have been declined. I haven't had any luck getting any successful loans. What I have to do now is take a lease out instead. So technically, I don't own that piece of equipment. I don't know like I would have before. Wow. Mr. Pick, what's the argument in court? What is Section 24 of the Charter? Well, so thanks for asking, because I, I did want to correct you slightly. It's as the Section 8 is what we are arguing was breached, and that's the um, right to... Uh, um, well, we're saying that there was an unlawful search and seizure. So there was a breach of the Section 8 um, charter right, which is to protect you against an unreasonable search and seizure. Um, and the reason we're claiming this specifically, too, which, you know, we've been waiting on that, the federal decisions, but Justice Mosley in that case was specific to say that there was a breach of the Section 8, um, so they did unlawfully search and, and seize, and um, Section 24 is very important, and that's where individual Canadians, when there is a breach, can um, sue, as, as we're doing in this case, for that breach under Section 24, and that um, there's a couple components to that which are important for Canadians to understand. So Section 24 identifies that there was a violation of that charter right that uh, the Canadian should be vindicated for um, because that breach ought not to have been um, breached and that for that that right shouldn't have been breached and then lastly it's meant to deter the government from doing it again and that's that's what section 24 says mr barber uh, how long was uh, were your accounts frozen your credit cards in your bank accounts uh payments on uh, certain payments were returned nsf um, it was basically under the week that the, the accounts were frozen uh, due to the nature of the $400 million class action lawsuit against us right now with the citizens of Ottawa. My my personal bank account at Toronto Dominion Bank was frozen for three and a half months. So you have a class action lawsuit against you. Yeah. Um, is, is Ms. Uh, Chipiak, is this going to go to court? Um, the... Class action? No, the uh, Mr. Barber's case. You know, it's a good, very good question, and given the federal court decision, it would be very hard to understand how what the the federal government defense is going to be, because a federal court judge has said that this was unjust, and the the federal government certainly breached their rights, charter rights. What happened yesterday, though, and I, I haven't received a copy, but the federal government has appealed that decision. So I, that's going to just slow things down a little bit, at least. Uh, as long as that decision from Justice Mosley is upheld, which I expect it to be upheld by the Court of Appeal, again, I can't see what kind of defense the federal government is going to suggest that you know, either they didn't breach it when a court decision or, or a court has already found that they did, or that these clients or Canadians are not owed any, um, you know, any compensation for this egregious uh, charter breach. So 
whether it goes to court, I would suggest likely not, but, you know, things are a little bit, things are strange in court, and I'm sure um, Chris has seen way, way too much of courtrooms and has sworn way too many affidavits for any one Canadian to do, to yeah, take so his part in. We won't go there because of the, the, the criminal mischief uh, trial is still underway. Yeah, um, and that's just one, though. Like, yeah. yeah. So even the class action that you meant, he's been, had to be quite involved in that one. and Right. Yeah. If the federal court of appeal were to overturn the federal court decision that Mr. Trudeau violated the charter rights of all Canadians by invoking the Emergencies Act, uh, what would that do to Mr. Barber's lawsuit? Anything? If the court of appeal overturns it, then it would say that he was justified. That's what likely, but maybe not. Because, you know, the decision was quite thick. It was like almost 200 pages. So there might be one portion that they're appealing, maybe not every single item. Um, based on the evidence and what I've read um, in the decision, I, I can't see how they're going to overturn the whole decision. And as I mentioned, I haven't had an opportunity to read their appeal. So I don't know if they're appealing a certain portion or all of it. They might not even touch the Section 8 charter breaches. I, I don't know. What's it do uh, uh, to to your uh, daily life, to your family life, to your daily interactions with people you uh, you interact with on a regular basis in Saskatchewan as a trucking firm owner, Mr. Barber, when they when they shut down your accounts and uh, and your and your your accounts are frozen? Uh, what does that do to your to your daily life? Uh, well, quite significant change. Uh, really, we we. And any engine work. If you're in the trucking industry, you know that the trucking industry is a very volatile industry. It's up and down. Uh, we are, you know, we've lost a couple engines in the last couple of years and some trucks. And and to get those the financial means to, to put those new engines on those trucks, the cost of the industry right now is through the roof. So a motor job in a in a in a semi can be anywhere from fifty to a hundred thousand dollars. And with the way the economy is right now, and with this carbon tax that's hitting and crippling Canadians, it's making it harder and harder to keep a balance in those bank accounts good enough to fix these repairs when it comes. So when when you're hindered on your financing ability, it, it it's a direct hit. What what do you uh, what do you want from the federal government? What are you suing them for, for for how much? I believe it's two million dollars. And is this a, a mischievous is this a, if it's not if it doesn't go to court or not all of it, uh, how quickly will this will this particular Situation: This 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 claim by Mr. Barber be resolved, considering the fact that the criminal mischief charge, as I understand it again, is the longest criminal mischief charge uh, trial in the in the history of Canada. Is that correct? Yeah, by the way, that's my understanding on the length of the mischief trial. As for how long this would take, it's really it's really it would be hard to know. And just to provide some context to the two million, in that it's it's not just a two million dollars pay up here but it's actually broken down into certain uh, different damages so general damages and aggravated and punitive and I just wanted to mention that because uh, in Canada if you don't get go to the court systems a lot you don't get very large um, um, court awards generally <laughs> but the punitive damage is um, the the amount is a million dollars just in that one, and punitive is just tell the 
it's meant to tell the person getting sued that, you know, you went, your actions were really poor. And in this case, this is not just anyone. This is the government. They have an obligation and a duty, you know, that should be held to a higher standard as well. And so we've never seen anything like this in Canadian history. There's nothing like this in law. So these numbers a little bit had to be, you know, it's not like we had a precedent to go with, Mm -hmm. but there definitely should be a message to the government. And that's where Section 24 of the Charter, again, comes into play, because it's meant to show Canadians that these charter rights have meaning, they have value, and the government can't just come and breach them willy-nilly, and that it's meant to deter the government from doing something like this again. So those were some some of how the numbers came up with. Okay. If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend.